Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Eric Fish with PEI Media. With increasingly complex technologies and software platforms shaking up the way business is done, the role of chief information officer is becoming more important and more complicated. For private equity firms, making sure portfolio companies are implementing the most effective IT strategies is thus becoming more of a challenge. Georgette Kaiser is an operating executive at the Carlyle Group and was previously the firm's CIO. Her current work involves helping to leverage technology across Carlyle's portfolio companies, seeing where they can leverage IT to create value and helping CIOs be better at their job. At PEI's recent Operating Partners Forum Europe held in London, Kaiser was interviewed by Rahul Puri, Global Head of Private Equity and VC Practice Lead at NetSuite. The two discussed how every firm is having to become a technology and data company, but also why process still trumps technology. The topic obviously today is kind of developing and driving ID strategies around a kind of more of a global enterprise. And, you know, that can be very daunting, not only just, you know, a small company, but, you know, kind of put the whole international or global uh, perspective on that. As you kind of think about it, and you've been in these roles for multiple number of years, you know, what are some of the kind of basic fundamentals that you kind of think about are important for organizations as it's kind of thinking about global technology or IT transformation? So when it comes to transformations, I, I tell people this all the time, that process trumps technology all day long. Um, and so when, whenever I'm thinking, when I'm, whenever I'm working on any strategy, any transformation um, across any company, I have to understand the end-to-end -end processes. I have to understand, you know, what makes this company actually make money, which, what, what, what drives it. I have to understand on the customer side, what's the experience that they want to have when they are working across this company. Internally, what's the experience that the employees want to have. And so the experience, the process, all of those things are the items that you need to understand to figure out how to really drive a very good digital transformation. A lot of people come in thinking technology first. And there are a lot of great technologies out there. We just heard from Automation Anywhere, which I love that product. Um, I have to say it's a very good platform to use. Um, but it's a platform. And until you understand the human experience, whether it's the customer, the internal employee, a partner that you're using, then it's very hard to drive a digital strategy. So, you know, that, that I think as a role of a CIO, um, and that's obviously changed over the years, right? But also, you know, it's not the role that, hey, I'm just going to come in, put a new technology or platform like you mentioned, and then things will happen. What has, what has changed? What do you think is critical now is whether bots, whether it's other things that are coming on, how, how is the role of the CIO changing and how does that kind of permeate down to, you know, a lot of the portfolio companies here. Yeah, so I think this is, especially for a lot of operating partners out there, this is a, a really good topic to, to think about because the CIO role has really evolved into a business role. Um, it's a role where, as a company is developing, that the CIO should be at the table, you know, with the other business leads, with the CEO, understanding the business, where the business is headed, so that they can figure out what are the underlying technologies that need to be put in place for the company to move forward. Um, one thing, especially at, at Carlisle, is we're thinking about, like you get a lot of mom and pop you know, companies that you, you may have purchased, and you have heads of technology. 
And they understand break fix, they understand items like that, but they don't understand what it takes to actually be a CIO. Um, and I felt that, that Carl has done a very good job. We have a person named Mike Haas, who is, um, he's our portfolio company CIO. Um, and he's come in to work with, with others to figure out how do we develop these heads of technologies to actually be really good CIOs for the future. So when we sell that company off, that we have set up the management structure in such a way that it can move forward. Um, you and I had this conversation in the back room, which is also very important as operating execs to know is like, we think that every company is becoming a tech company. We actually also say every company is becoming a data company. So between the two, between data and technology, you know, if you don't have those types of mindsets at that table to drive items forward, then you're not going to be a successful company going forward for the future. So at, at Carlisle, so you're part of the investment committee or you were part of this investment committee. How, how are those decisions made or what bubbles up to the investment committee from a technology and IT perspective and then what's the process or next step after that? I mean, so now, like, and you hear it a lot just during the investment strategy meetings um, and in investment committee meetings is, like I just said, that every company's becoming a tech company. So that due diligence that's done across IT, across cyber, is extremely important when it comes to the table with respect to, you know, the future of whether or not we're going to purchase that company going forward. And then on, on that, how, how, how are you measuring the CIOs there? Right? Is it more on, hey, what's my return on technology investment, or how much I've been able to kind of affect change, but there's, I mean, there's still a lot of measurement that goes on. What are right. some of the so, ways you measure and that? And so the CIO is part of the whole ROI, so that whole return on investment. The CIO is just like the CEO, CEO is responsible, the CIO is just as responsible for all of those items also. Um, and how they are driving value, how are they decreasing you know, the, the, the operating costs overall for the firm, how are they working with the COO, the CFO, the other you know, partners to kind of drive value for the firm going forward. I mean, it is a business role. Um, and, and I think, and this is Georgette's personal opinion, that going forward in the future, you're going to see a lot of CIOs that are going to be moving into CEO positions um, going forward because that's what these companies need to drive, to drive value going forward. That's a Georgette opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and, what's, and, and so I know we talked again a little bit about this. Maybe you can do a little deeper dive. You know, correlation between tech, driving technology and top-line growth, right? And I know a lot, lot of... The focus that we've seen in the past, whether it's, I mean, I've been in a couple of other forums as well, it's more around, hey, you know, there's obviously there's pricing, there's other strategy, but there's, you know, technology sometimes maybe takes a second step or, or, or the, maybe the second child syndrome. But I think that's what's changing. And So that's the lever that people have to start to, to bring to the table. You know, between IT and digital, you know, you have to use that lever to figure out how to drive more value. You know, how to drive out costs, drive value, to be a much more efficient firm going forward. And technology is very key to that. And that, that includes all yeah. of your data and analytics, you know, involved in trying to making those decisions going forward. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, because I've definitely seen, you know, last year I was here, um, we talked about the role of the Rise of Digital Operating Partner. You know, I've seen a lot of firms now hiring data scientists. I mean. Again, whether it's whether at Carlisle or elsewhere, you know, the whole role of the digital operating partner. What are your thoughts on that? So, so again, and, and so it's interesting because firms are trying to figure out. So you have your your, your IT, you know, you know, operating partners, which you know, digital, depending on if it's B 2 B or B 2 C, um, that it could fit under the IT leg, um, or it's a separate uh, separate operating partner that has more of the data science, the chief marketing, you know, officer type of, you know, type of uh, skill set 
going forward. But you know, it depends on you know the type of person you know that you that you pull there and the type of company you know if you really are trying to drive the B two C side of it or the B two B side of it. So you know, you might have two, you might have one, depending on what you're looking for. And are there specific industries that are better off? Um, you know, obviously we, we've seen. I mean, you know, where I come from, from NetSuite hat perspective, which is more kind of back office. You know, we've seen companies, obviously in the software tech space, obviously embrace a bit more. You kind of compare it with the industrials, probably not as much. And then you put the, so that's one of the industry space, and then there's the whole, to your point about B2B or B2C. Uh, what if, you think, if you think about um, just the whole retail business, I mean, that's more B2C. Um, if you think about the banking business, you know, that's more B2C. Um, but if you think about things that, that are lagging a little bit, um, we were just having the, the conversation just around uh, construction. That's a, what, $10 trillion business, you know, with respect to B2B, that they could be doing more with respect to digital, you know, going forward. Um, if you look at uh, energy, I mean, on the B2B side, there are lots of things being done underneath the covers, but on the B2C side, you know, customers change their energy partners all the time in the U.S. You know, what are they doing to really understand that data, understand their customers, to try to figure out how to retain those customers going forward? Forward. So that B2C side, they're actually lacking. Um, so that's why I'm like, it's a different, it's two different types of mindsets, you know, when it comes to figuring out who that digital operating partner is going to be. But you definitely need that type of partner at the table going forward. And, and, and does, uh, and are they involved, you think, like in, at Carlisle, for example, uh, maybe a, give a viewpoint there, are they involved across across all industries or yeah, across so, all functions? So it's kind of neat um, what Carlisle has been doing. A lot of, I mean, Blackstone's been doing it, KKR has been doing it. They've been setting up a shared services layer um, with respect to um, having, you know, verticals that deal with your human capital, um, that deal with IT, that deal with digital, that deal with finance, so that they can leverage these resources to help the funds and help the deal teams um, as they're trying to, you know, drive the drive value for the companies. And it, it's actually a, a very interesting model. I've actually talked to some people who are actually starting companies now that are going to be shared services companies, and they will, you know, be a, a you know, be a leverage for you know private equity firms you know going forward but it's a very it, it allows you to have kind of that niche person that truly understands a certain area so let's say you had a human capital side um, you know this person you know understands talent you know can help you go out there and try to figure out you know is that CEO the right CEO is that CIO the right CIO and has a database of all the ones you could actually use to go forward when it comes to IT you know really trying to help you understand the development needs for a CIO understanding you know when it comes to all the the, the, the leverage of uh, different contracts and things that you could use across the whole portfolio and trying to figure out how to drive better value that way so there that, that shared shared services layer could be a very good layer for a lot of private companies going forward and then you know there'll be consultants that'll be operating partners that'll work with them or you know outside of that just operating partners that will kind of you know be hired in to kind of uh, to work on the deal itself but then also to kind of work with the, the shared services layer you know for those needs um, you know across whatever yeah. vertical you're dealing with and then what do you think about you know we talked earlier I think in the early panels or at least you know I've seen it heard other panels, you know, there's the deal partner, then the operating partner, and now you put the third lens or maybe third hat from a digital, I mean, you know, is there clash, lack of a better word, in terms of, hey, are they all equal footing, number one, number two is now digital saying, hey, we're driving transformation in a different way. 
thoughts around how those kind of three? I'm not sure I would make it a third. I would make that Fair operating enough. partner have the higher one that has a skill set with respect to digital instead of creating you know, another layer that causes complexity with trying to get the deal done. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, and then as you know, a lot of the new companies or portfolios are embracing technology, how is that affecting the, uh, you know, the training of the worker, worker place, right? I mean, that's going to be a big challenge, right? Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a huge issue that really people ask you what keeps you up at night. And I actually worry about society a lot. Um, I was just reading an article last week on Amazon, and they've created, um, the, you know, these new bots, um, which are actually robots, to do production, and which will probably eliminate almost 2,000 jobs. And you sit there and you think about, you know, where do we find the balance in society? Um, because technology is moving so quickly, you know, but how do we retrain and retool, you know, this new generation that's coming up so that we don't create a society of people that are getting welfare checks or are getting social, you know, social checks. Um, or have no work ethic going forward. And so I was, um, um, I was just <laughs> actually speaking to you about it. I think that Google has done a very good job. Um, they have set up a free website um, for anybody in the whole world to go to, to raise their digital acumen, um, to have training if you're a small business to try to figure out, you know, how do you self-train yourself so you can leverage technology and, and, and digital, you know, digital tools to help you run your business. Um, in the state of New York, um, they've opened up this whole Google site, you know, to all the state of New York so people can really begin to, you know, figure out, you know, how do you increase your skills. Um, there are a lot of workforce development programs that are now starting for youth. Um, you know, one in the states is called yearup.org and, and yearup is doing a good job of training youth with respect to networking, programming, you know, basic skills so they can kind of get into firms and kind of help them with the basic items and then they take it from there. Um, you don't want government to have a huge play um, in technology. It could really hurt us in a way, but, you know, government may need to help to find a balance because it's moving so quickly and leaving so many people so far behind. No, great. I mean, I, I've definitely seen, you know, all the changes that are affecting um, all the technology is coming in, everybody trying to train, I mean, training themselves or the workforce, even, you know, NetSuite, we've hired a lot of people that we've now made them gone through a lot of the training piece because there's a lot new new technology that's coming out and that's, you know, as, as becomes more pervasive, uh, that's going to be a big challenge in any case, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's a big challenge. Yeah. And so the portfolio companies, they should really think about that as, as the, the ESG, the sustainability side of items of, you know, as you're, as you're driving for efficiency and you're, and you're driving the automation and just moving people out, how are you helping those people on the other end of yeah. developing and finding new opportunities going forward? And I think we, as a society, we owe that to ourselves, you know, to figure that out to help others. An audience member noted Kaiser's earlier remarks that every company is becoming a tech and data company and asked whether firms are aware that this is becoming the reality. I think a lot of companies are figuring it out. So coming from the private equity industry, I have to say like four or five years ago, I actually was shocked coming from traditional investment management, which we were heavily involved in technology and digital um, to drive, um, I was at T.O. Price, um, and then coming into investment management where the deal was really thought of as an art um, and the science behind of it wasn't really further developed in that way. Um, and that was, that just wasn't Carlisle. That was like most private equity firms, the older ones especially. Um, 
And what I found is that once we really started to have good conversations around how we could leverage that data to understand deals and things that we've done in the past, um, bringing in new market data from um, Prequin and other places like that, it could help us be better investors overall. You're never going to get rid of the human piece of it, but to have the right data platforms and items in place, leveraging that technology to drive, to help drive the company, makes it a far more better company going forward. Um, you look at firms like, you know, Blackstone is, is developing a huge data science, you know, you know, organization now to figure out how it will, it will run better. Um, um, and I mean, Carlisle's doing something very similar with respect to its platforms as we move forward. So, and that aspect that, like, your question was, do they know? They're learning quickly that if they don't move that way, they're going to be left behind. You know, and, and you don't want to be the industry that's disrupted or, the, or disrupted by this or the company that's disrupted because you were too far behind. Kaiser said that at Carlisle, automating and streamlining the back office has been a focus for the past four years. Um, if you think about some of the, the older uh, portfolio companies, it's been much harder because they've become very, they, they're very complex with, with respect to the number of entities and number of items that they have in place because of the way things were done back then. If you think about newer uh, PE firms that are coming up, they're leveraging the new uh, platforms out there like Alt Return, you know, because they can get up and running quickly. Um, and so a lot of the older ones are, are transforming the back ends, understanding the, the end to end, um, streamlining their processes. It's the same thing as like the big banks did years ago, the state streets, you know, the, the, the fidelities, everyone. They had to streamline that whole back end to cut costs to drive as a much more efficient firm, so yes. That again was Georgette Kaiser speaking at the Operating Partners Forum Europe. If you want to hear more episodes of the Spotlight Podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and across PEI Media's various titles online. Thanks for listening.